0: All right, who had a good day today? Yeah? I had a good day. Let me, I want to hear, some, what What are some of the highlights? What so what are some of the good things that, zip lining, paintball, paintball, oh, lots of paintballs, anything else? All right, what else? Huh? Throwing snowballs at me. I got bullied today, just so you guys know. I got bullied by a bunch of junior high girls, so that was great. And uh, what else? Any, any other highlights that happened today? Nachos. That was, that was a great dinner. That was grub. That was grub. Lunch. Oh, I had mozzarella sticks at the general store. Those were bomb. And the spicy curly fries. Thanks for my man, Steven. Those were bomb. Hey, it was a good day today. Hey, but tonight, guys, hey, sad news is this. We only, after tonight, we only have one more chapel together. I mean, oh, yeah, I know. That's sad. But tonight we have a great night ahead of us. Hey, so just to kind of recap all that we've talked about so far this weekend. Friday night, we started off just kind of creating a foundational understanding of who God is right in the beginning of of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1. And our theme for the weekend is that statement, let there be light. And we talked about that when God said let there be light, he wasn't just talking about physical light from the sun, but he was talking about his light shining on the world, and on his people. And then this morning, we talked about the fact that we were created in God's image. We were created to live and walk in the light. But there's something that happened when sin entered the world and we became divided from God and the world that we live in became a dark place. And then I kind of finished up by sharing a little bit with you guys about my own story, my own personal walk with Jesus. And uh, I haven't finished that. We're going to finish my story a little bit tonight, but we have some more important stuff to talk about before that. So kind of where we left off was this, the dark world needed a light. So tonight I want to start in the book of John. This morning we were in 1 John, this, or tonight we're going to be in the book of John, that is in the Gospels, right towards the beginning of the New Testament. John chapter 1 is where we're going to be out tonight, so if you've got your Bibles, open them up there. I'll give you just a quick second to do that. Once again, that is John chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 5. All right, 30 more seconds. John chapter 1. All right, here we go. Here's what it says in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. It says this, in the beginning, sounds similar, right? Similar to what we were reading about in Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning and all things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. Life was in him and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. This verse takes us right back to the beginning of scripture, doesn't it? And it starts off kind of the same as Genesis chapter one, in the beginning. It says in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. To help us kind of understand that, uh, when, it, when it says the Word, one of the names for Jesus throughout Scripture was the Word, the Word of God. And so as we read this, another way that we could read John chapter 1 is, in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And it goes on to say that life was in him, and the life that was in him was the life of men. See, Jesus, this guy that we're going to spend our entire evening talking about tonight, his whole purpose for coming to this world was to be the light of men, and he would be the light that shines in darkness. And understanding this is foundational in us understanding God's rescue story for his people that he loves so much. So, how many of you guys, just to raise your hands, have ever heard of this Jesus guy? Anyone ever heard of him? All right, cool. So, I'm glad we're on. Boys, never? I don't. All right, hey, and that's cool. It was just all of you guys. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, come on, boys. Track with us here. So we're talking about Jesus tonight. I'm cool. I'm I'm happy that we're familiar with him because we're going to spend our entire evening talking about him. So when Jesus entered the picture in ancient Israel, when he was born, when he came into the scene in the Gospels, that's what the whole Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament are where we get to read about the life of Jesus. When he came onto the scene, people didn't know what hit him. Jesus was unlike anything people had ever seen or experienced or encountered and very very quickly Jesus became a very popular figure in this culture. I mean, I'm sure Jesus was a really cool guy. He was probably a pretty good-looking dude, right? I mean, he was the son of God, right? And so I'm sure he was he was a good-looking fellow. He was probably had big muscles like all the pictures that we see, right? He was probably pretty ripped. But those probably weren't all the things that made Jesus popular, right? Those weren't the things that got Jesus the following that he had. And so when Jesus came, he was so different than anything that this culture and these people had ever seen before. And he brought with him something that the people didn't have much of. And what Jesus brought with him was hope. He brought hope and he brought light in a dark, world see even from the birth of Jesus and we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it but there's this crazy story of the Virgin Mary becoming pregnant and Jesus the Savior of the world being born in a stable amongst the cows and the sheep and the donkeys in just gross conditions to the coming of the wise men see there was a string of hope that followed Jesus from the moment he was born until the moment that he died you guys know that feeling when it's dark, you know, like when the lights go off and there's kind of that like uneasy feeling that you get. Anyone, anyone ever experienced that? And and it doesn't matter. Like you might be the big tough guys over here who are not afraid of the dark. All right. I'm 23. I'm kind of afraid of the dark. All right. Especially Especially at church. Hey, when you shut the lights off in the hallway, I run. Okay. The light, the dark is scary. The dark is scary. And we'll just be honest. Okay. The dark is kind of scary. And so when the lights go off, there's this feeling like, it's like a little uneasy, right? You don't know what might be lurking around the dark corner. You know, I'm still the guy that when I shut the lights off downstairs, I like walk really fast up the stairs because, you know, I don't know if the boogeyman's going to come get me when I'm not looking. But there's kind of that feeling in the darkness. It's a little uneasy, maybe a little scared, a little alone, a little hopeless. You know, how many of you guys, when you were a kid, you were afraid of the dark? Yeah, still am. All right, cool. I just wanted to say kid so you didn't have to feel like I was calling you out. All right. You see, when I was a kid, and like I just said, I kind of still am, but when I was a kid, I had a thing in my bedroom that helped me out a lot, and it was called a nightlight. It was called a nightlight, and nightlights are crazy because they don't really do much. They just shine a little bit of light. And so when you're a kid and you wake up and you feel a little bit afraid, but there's that little light glowing down on the bottom of the wall in your bedroom. It doesn't do much to protect you. It doesn't do much to, to comfort you or make you feel safe, but what it does do is it gives you hope that the light is coming soon in the morning. Guys, and I think that that same feeling that we got when we were kids from our nightlight is how people felt when they encountered Jesus at this time. He brought hope with him everywhere that he went. And as Jesus preached, people flocked to him. People came from all over to see Jesus. There's stories throughout scripture of him feeding 5,000 people, but scholars have agreed that there was probably closer to like 10,000 people that day when Jesus fed the 5,000 with a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread. And there's similar stories on multiple occasions because Jesus had something different about him, something that people wanted, something that people longed for. And I want to look at a verse where Jesus kind of spills all the beans and he tells us exactly who he is and exactly why he came. And so in the book of John, where you guys already are, flip over to chapter 8. That's where we're going to be next, John chapter 8. And in John chapter 8, verse 12, this is what he says. It says this, Then Jesus spoke to them again. Jesus is speaking to the crowd, and he says this, I am the light of the world. Jesus says this about himself. I am the light of the world. And anybody who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's think about this for a second. We know, if you've read anything through the New Testament, that Jesus had a great following. But why did people come to him so crazy? Why did people flock to him? And it would only make sense that Jesus describes himself as the light of the world. Because in a dark world where things were hard and life felt heavy, there was this guy who entered the scene and he made this bold statement to say, I am the light of the world. You may feel like the world is dark, you may feel like the world is hard. You may feel like the world is heavy, but I am the light of the world. And Jesus makes, the, he makes this, this claim, this statement, friends, that has the power to change our lives forever. And then Jesus says this in the second half of that verse. He says, anybody who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have eternal life. What a claim. See, friends, and this was Jesus's plan All along, from the very beginning, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See what happened on that day in the garden when Adam and Eve made a decision that they knew better than God. Sin entered man's heart. And there's a consequence for sin in our lives. And scripture tells us that the penalty for our sin is death. And that may seem heavy and dark and scary, but that's the truth, friends. What Scripture tells us is that because of our sin, we deserve eternal separation from Christ, from God in heaven. And that's the, punish- that's the punishment that we deserve because of our actions. See, but instead of us having to pay that price, God chose to send us Jesus. See, all the way back in the beginning in John chapter 1, Uh, One through five. It says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And it's talking about Jesus, friends. This was Jesus. This was God's plan from the very beginning of time. What Jesus came to this earth to do was to bring hope, and to bring life, and to bring an opportunity for us to not have to bear the penalty of our sins. And so, when Jesus died on the cross for us the consequence for our sin, the payment that we were on the hook for was paid. And we were no longer responsible to pay that. We were no longer on the hook for our sins. Friends, and in that radical expression of God's love for us, what happened was God opened the door for man to walk out of darkness and back into light because that's the way that he created us to live. See, and Jesus says, Man, the way that we can do that, as simple as it said, the way that we can do that, the way that we can step out of darkness and back into light is simply by choosing to follow Jesus with everything that we are. To tell you guys a little bit more about that story uh, about me in high school, the summer between my, my sophomore and my junior year, so a few years ahead of where you guys are at right now, I was at, I was at camp, it was the last night of camp, and, and the speaker gave a powerful message and, uh, and I sat and I listened. And as I sat and I listened to the pastor talk, remember, part, my whole story was that I knew the right thing to do. I knew what God had called me to do. I knew that uh, all the right answers. I knew that he had called me to walk in the light, but I decided that I knew what was best for me. And as I sat and I listened to this preacher talk, I felt like God said to me, I didn't hear him audibly, but he spoke it to my heart and he said, Josh, you've been living two lives. You've been living two lives. You've been living one way when you're at school and at practice and you've been living another way when you're at home and you're at church. And it was like he said to me, Josh, you pretend to live your life in the light, the life that I created you for, but instead you think you know what's best for you. And for years you've been walking in the darkness of the world. And friends, in that moment, I knew that I had a decision that I had to make. There was a choice that I had to make on what life I wanted to live. Because I knew I really had been living two lives. I'd been trying to be one person in one place and another person in another place, and it was ripping me apart. So I could continue to try to do things on my own, and I could continue to try to uh, seek my best life and, and do what I felt was best for me, or I could choose to walk in the freedom and the light and the life that God had called me to live in. And so I made my my decision that day. And that day I made a decision, friends, and it changed my life forever. See, on that day I made a decision that I was no longer going to try to live two lives. That God had created me for a life. And it had become abundantly clear through my best efforts that anything I could try to do was always going to fall short of the fulfillment and the satisfaction and the life that God had called me to. So when I made that decision, you guys know what, my life changed forever. And from that day in the month of June, I don't even remember what year it was, my life has never been the same. See, when I decided to give up on trying to do it my own way, I found out that in John chapter 8 verse 12, that verse we just read when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So when Jesus says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, guys, he wasn't lying about it. He wasn't lying about it. And so as I talk to you guys tonight, I share my story with you because I feel like some of you guys may be able to identify with my story. You may be thinking, that's kind of where I'm at. I've been living two lives. I've been trying to do my own thing and it's just not working out. It took me to my junior year of high school. But as seventh and eighth graders, guys, you have an opportunity tonight to make a decision years ahead of where I am. Years ahead of where I was when I chose to make a decision. And so maybe tonight that's where you're at. You're where I was just a few short years ago. You've been trying to do things on your own. You've been trying to tough it out. You've been white knuckling in it, hanging on to what you think is your best life. but let me tell you guys something. The weight that you feel trying to do it on your own is a weight that you weren't designed to carry. The weight that we've felt walking through the hard year that 2020 has been and the tough year that 2021 has kicked off to be is a weight that we weren't designed to carry. Friends, you were not designed to live in the darkness of the world. And today you have an opportunity to make a decision. The same decision that I made years ago. And say, Jesus, I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I want to do it your way. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this. For you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And then it says this, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Friends, this verse says that God has chosen you you specifically, he's talking to you tonight. He says that because of his deep love for you, he has called you out of the darkness and he calls you his special possession because he loves you dearly and he holds you close to his heart, friends. And I can't help but think back to that moment in Genesis chapter one that we talked about on Friday night when Jesus said, let there be light. And I can't help but think that tonight Jesus is saying to each one of us, man, let there be light in your heart. And let there be light in your life. And though this has been a hard year and you felt heavy and you felt burdened, Jesus is saying, I want to take all of that off of you. Friends, I want to be clear. Man, a decision to follow Jesus does not mean that life is going to be easy. Can I just say that? Ask your leaders, ask your pastor, ask anybody here. Saying yes to Jesus does not mean that life is going to be easy. It just means that we have a partner to walk side by side with as we navigate the difficulties and the struggles of this life. And so friends, tonight, I think that God is calling each one of us back to himself. And so whether this is the first time you've ever heard of this Jesus guy, or you've known him for forever, whether tonight you want to make a first-time decision to say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life, or you want to say, man, I've been living two lives, and I'm ready to say yes to Jesus in the one life that he has called me to, would you do me a favor in front of your friends, in front of your church family? If you're saying, man, I wanna, I wanna live life different from today on forward, would you just stand up where you're at? If you're saying, man, I've lived life in the darkness and it's time for me to step into the light. Maybe you grew up in church and you just say, I wanna do it different. Would you just stand up where you're at and be bold? And if not, that's okay. Okay. But here's the thing, friends, regardless of if you wanna stand up or not, or maybe you just don't feel like you wanna put yourself out in front of people or whatever it is, the fact of the matter is this, that Jesus has created you and he has designed you with purpose and intention and you are God's special possession. And Jesus loves you so dearly that he sent his one and only son to die for you. And to say that in a dark and hard and heavy world, I bring light. He says, walk with me, for my burden is light. You who are weary and heavy laden, come and walk with me. And I want to take that weight off of you. Guys, tonight is always one of my favorite nights of camp. Actually, one of my favorite days of camp is actually tomorrow, the last day, which sounds weird. I'll talk to you guys about that tomorrow, why that is. But tonight's one of my, always my favorite nights of camp. Because I feel like tonight, we've had time for Friday to this morning through wreck through so what time just to let some walls down to begin to connect with Jesus on a new in a new level in a new way to begin to connect with our cabins and our leaders to begin to be real people guys God has called us to be real people and so tonight we're going to head into so what time and what we're going to talk about what I'm going to encourage you to talk about in your so what time is this man what is God trying to shine light on in your life tonight That's the question I asked you guys the first night, if you remember. What is God gonna shine light on in your life this weekend? And tonight, I think he probably made some things clear to you about how he wants to change you, how he wants to begin to light you up. And so as you go to your groups, guys, be honest, be real, be vulnerable about what's going on and allow God to come in and light up those dark areas in your life. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, and again, we're so thankful for your word. God, and we're so thankful for camp and the, and the place that this is, the special place that camp always holds in our hearts, God, because we can leave all the distractions, all the heaviness, all the weight of life behind, and we can come to the mountain just to seek you. So, Jesus, tonight I pray that as we head into so what time and as we get ready for bed and have cabin discussion and we get to do some more rec tonight, God, that we would just know that you are real and you are near and that you love us so deeply. God, and so that tomorrow when we leave this place, we'll be changed people who are so on fire for you to live in your light and to be your light in the world. So Jesus, we love you and it's in your name, amen.